So, folks, welcome back to the uh, Anthony Gordon Show. The um, the premise, if you will, of the journey we've been on is really discussing hopefully some life tools uh, and some life direction in a world gone crazy. I don't think there's too many people, and I've been uh, around professional professional athletes for many, many years. But they're, uh, I think they're f- few and far between in terms of uh, professional athletes or former professional athletes that actually use that platform to give back and to proverbially uh, make the world a better place. So it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to introduce a friend, uh, Matt Barnes, uh, just for, for folks who are not that familiar with the physical uh uh, demands of the NBA. The average NBA player probably uh, spends a couple of years, maybe three years. Uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. You spend 15 years? Yes, yes. 15 years of professional yeah. pro basketball, which is uh, uh, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it was it was, it was was a fun run. It, uh, it actually went by pretty fast too. But uh, like you mentioned, the average career is, you know, th- two, two and a half, three years. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to get a, a full 15 and, um, you know, walk away a champion. So it was, it was, uh, an amazing roller coaster, but, uh, I'm excited about what's next. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it's weird. I, when I talk to people and, you know, some guys hang on too long, some guys, um, you know, it ends before they're ready, but I really felt like I spent a, a great amount of time in there and, uh, I was really ready for what was next in sure. life. So one of the things I think I mentioned to you, Matt, when, um, we were hanging out at your house the other day is that this whole discussion is very different to the many, I think many maybe podcasts and interviews that you've had where the focus is on um, the accolades that you've received as a professional athlete, but it's more about life and it's more about um, the, the, the next stage. So right. uh, let me, let me ask you the following, cause I'm, I'm looking through your life journey. If you say the word Matt Barnes to the average uh, sort of NBA uh, spectator, uh, what conjures up in their mind's eye is, you know, this is the, the, the bad boy of the NBA. This is, this is the guy who was very, very physical, et cetera, et cetera. And I look back at the, you know, we're doing some research before our uh, discussions at your, at the way your journey began. And it seemed like, uh, clearly grew up in, at best a volatile, tough upbringing. What, to what extent, Matt, do you think that the, the, the way you played a physical game, uh, the way that you were probably the, mo- the, the most loyal uh, teammate that uh, anyone uh, could have was a reaction, if you will, to growing up, uh, you know, in a, in a very tough environment? I think um, obviously my childhood is shaped you know, uh, who I, the man I am today, Mm -hmm. um, good and bad. Um, but you know, growing up in a, you know, parents use drugs, uh, you know, father was abusive, um, to not only myself, but my mom and, and, you know, fighting was the norm. Um, as a kid, when you see that constantly, that's what is comfortable to you. So we, 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 when you walked into the proverbial family uh, house uh, in the humble beginnings in, in Sacramento and, uh, you know, there was volatility and screaming and shouting. Did you think that that was normal or? Uh, I knew it wasn't normal, but it was it was normal to me. Right. Uh, it was normal life uh, to me. 
Um, obviously, it's not normal, but, you know, every family has their up and down battles. Everybody has their sure. story. Um, but I definitely, like I said earlier, I think that shaped yeah. me as an athlete, as a, as, as a teammate, as a man for you know, someone who was always there for my teammates, uh, good, bad, or in between. And, yep. um, you know, someone you hated to play against, but loved to play with. Yep. Um, you know, I was really, to be honest, I, I was really like a football player out there playing basketball. Yeah. Football was my first love. And, and first thing I really took to, and as, as I continued to grow, um, through high school, I realized that, you know, basketball is, is also an option and it worked out. Okay. And it definitely worked out okay. So just sort of staying with uh, the way things during our formative years um, definitely manifest later. And just uh, getting a sense of your upbringing, it seems like, you know, there was there might have been a, a, a strained maybe relationship with your dad. And, I, and I, then I look at sort of the quotes from the likes of Chris Paul and, 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 and uh, Blake Griffin and saying, you know, this is the best teammate anyone could possibly have. The loyalty, I mean, uh, Matt always had my back. Just, again, maybe uh, I'm making a psychological jump here, but I'm thinking, you know, it seemed like, you know, there might have been a, a, a strained or a lack of loyalty, if you will, between you and your dad growing up, that that then later on as a professional you, the pendulum swung the other way. Um, there was definitely a disconnect between my father and uh, myself. Um, but the one thing I always, always connected with my dad on was he played football. So I yeah. loved that. And then he was fighting all the time. And, you know, as long as it wasn't towards, you know, us, yeah, he would, you know, he would fight out in the streets. And so I thought that was cool. You know, as yeah. a child, you know, my dad's tough. My dad's kicking everybody's ass type shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, you know, the two things I, I hung on to. Um, but the one thing my dad did always teach me is, you know, you got to take care of your family at all costs. You know, like I said, there was, yeah. there was such, it wasn't perfect, but he always took care of us. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I, what I hung on to. And then what you saw as me as an athlete was you would see my teammates. I would look at them as family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was with them more than my family. Um, you know, we were, we were all on the same page fighting for the same goal. Yep. So, you know, those are my brothers. And, you know, when my little brother got into something or my little sister got into something, I, I had to get into something. I, sure. That's how I was raised, you know, no matter what you're in it, if it's your family, you're in it. Yeah. So being my teammates, being my family, I was in it. So yeah, I was always, uh, <laughs> in the mix, so to speak, and, yeah. and getting in trouble. Um, but you know, I wouldn't change it. There was it was I was I was taking up for my guys. Yeah, absolutely. So so I, I think that's a good sort of segue into um, uh, one of the quotes that I saw in in a piece saying, and I think this is true, Matt. Um, quote unquote, I'm the quote unquote bad guy, but I'm real. And you know, in the discussions, any discussions I've had with you, you're a very you're a very heart and soul guy. You're a very substance guy. How, how did how did that play out in a world where there's so much form over substance and people trying to you know uh, flex muscles and have you know bigger jewelry, faster cars and and you seem to be such a such a real guy. Yeah, I just you know I learned early on you know everyone's in competition with each other and I've yeah. just been in competition with myself. You know, I mean, I mm -hmm. can continue to try to just better myself at, at, in every facet of life. Um, you know, so I was never. I was never in competition with LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or any of these guys. Like I was just in competition with continuing to, like I said, evolve yep. 
as a uh, a person. And, and when you do that, you know, when you stay in your own lane, there's really no traffic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wasn't, I wasn't torn. I wasn't, damn, I wish I had that car, that house. I mean, at times you see stuff, you're like, wow. But then, you know, it took to me like, okay, well, if you work for it, there's no reason why you can't get that too. Yeah. You know, so it was never a hate thing. It was never a competition thing. It was, I would see it more as a motivation um, yep. type situation. Um, gotcha. So it was, I was never one that was moved or awed or wowed by the material stuff just yeah. because I mean to be a, you know usually the people with the most jewelry the always the loudest talk in the biggest yeah. house there's a lot of insecurities that lie sure. within that so they need to do other stuff to kind of bolster who they want people to think they are yep. you know but yep. I don't care what people thinking because I know who I am and what I am and when I look in the mirror I can see my soul yeah um, you know never perfect but you know always trying to like I said earlier better myself so it was like, it, it was really just never, you know, just the yeah. whole thing, you know, you stay in your lane, man, there's no traffic. Yeah, I think one of the things to be very candid, Matt, that, uh, when, when we had any dialogue that I felt a sense of, uh, you know, just like a sense of connectivity connection with you is I felt, uh, that you genuinely seriously want to use the platform that you've got as a person who's had a decade and a half as a professional athlete to, um, to give back to be, uh, you know, to be a role model. So I, I want to touch on something which is very relevant to the listeners of this, uh, of this podcast. And that is primarily millennial generation, younger people. Uh, you had a very high profile divorce in 2014. This is not the show that's going to talk about, you know, any messiness, you and Derek Fisher. This is, this is not the show, but I, I think this is the show where someone like yourself can, uh, perhaps give the listeners your thoughts on relationships, um, you know, what you think, uh, is important in a marriage, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that 70% of professional athletes actually <laughs> result in, in, in horrible divorces. Right. So we've got young listeners during their formative years, might be in a serious relationship. What would you say, uh, are the important ingredient for a successful relationship? just being very careful who you choose. Um, and I, obviously I think that goes both ways, but then just life in general is tough, man. And, and yeah, with social media and this wave of the internet, it makes it a lot harder. Um, yeah. you know, back in the day when people used to say till death do us part, they meant that. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It was a genuine, my, like I said, my childhood was rough, but my parents fought, you know, until my mom died, uh, you know, almost 11 years ago, they were together 28 years. They fought to keep their marriage together. And I don't think today it's, it's too convenient to give up. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. You can, you can, you can be looking at other men or women on social media while you're sitting across from your spouse. You can be talking to someone, you know, via text, no barriers. you know, while you're, you're across from your spouse. So fighting for it, it, it is almost, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare in between now because everyone is so accessible, you know? So yeah. to have, to get back to your point, to have a, a, a successful relationship or marriage, to be honest with you, I'm still learning that, you know, yeah. um, I'm 38 years old going on 39. Um, as an athlete, I live in a different world. Um, sure. even, as, even as a retired athlete, you know, I, the, the circles I run in are different and the women I come across are some of the most beautiful women in the world. So it's sure. just, it's always a challenge. Yeah. You can't, I don't even know how to explain it, man. You just have to stay grounded. You have to stay yeah. humble. You have to understand, you have to look at the bigger picture. You know, you have to, does the, does the, the risk outweigh the reward oh. vice versa type situations. Um, mm -hmm. but just find someone that, that loves you for you. Uh, I think 
the, the actual term and the word in the ring marriage put more pressure than, than actually the piece of paper puts more pressure on the situation than actually needs to be. Yeah. Um, if you, if you find a person that, that you can connect with and vibe with and yep. be on the same page with, I think you enjoy that time. And the way the world works now, you may not be meant to be with that person for the rest of your life. Obviously you don't go into a situation looking to break up, but you have to be susceptible and open to over time people change. For sure. And um, like I said, the way the world works now, there's so many accessible people that, you know, you kind of have to understand and be open to like, okay, we're going to give this our best shot for yeah. however long it lasts. And if, if it comes to an end, let's, let's kind of try to be somewhat respectful Absolutely. and responsible yeah. and civil, especially yep. if there's children involved Without doubt. Um, about the situation. But, uh, you know, every situation is different. Everyone is, it plays a, a intricate role in that. And sometimes like my current situation it ends up in an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's unfortunate because, you know, I have two 10 year old twin boys that, you know, are in the mix now in, in culture, you know, so they hear things about their mom and dad, which is, which is unfortunate. And, uh, as co, uh, as a co-parent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just try to do the best we can to shield our kids from sure. the BS. No, I got it. So I, and I think as you know, part of uh, a lot of what, uh, I'm involved in a professional basis, you know, in dealing with athletes. One of the things I try to underscore to, uh, you know, clients and relationships is you've got to find a soulmate, not a body mate. True. And that's, 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 you know, a lot more, that's a lot more profound. So I think moving on to, you touched on, um, you touched on your folks. I think one thing you and I, uh, for sure have in common, we have more than one thing in common, but I think, I think we both, uh, we're blessed with incredibly close relationships with our respective late mothers. Yeah. My, my uh, I, I noticed that came out of your mouth very, uh, very quickly and, and, and does mine as well. My mom was, uh, you know, my best friend and it was a tremendous shock uh, when she passed away. So if I understand correctly, um, at um, 2007, you were, how old were you when your mom passed? I was 27. 27. Mm-hmm. And, and if I, if I understand correctly, she passed due to, uh, losing the fight against cancer, which unfortunately is, uh, I believe you can correct me in this, um, the medical malady that takes the life of more people on an annual basis than anything. Right. And that had a, that left an open wound for you. Yes. Um, you know, she was diagnosed with four cancers and all in stage four, November oh. 1st and died November 27th. So just, um, you know, almost a month and a half shy of her 50th birthday. And it was, it was a shock, you know, uh, being the time that she died is, you know, November when I was still playing. So there's the very beginning of a season. Wow. Um, so I'm dealing with that. And what people don't understand is like when personal stuff happens in athletes' lives, first of all, it becomes public, but we don't have time to mourn. You know, we're paid a bunch of money to go out there and people think we're robots. So nothing is supposed to affect us. And that's, you know, the furthest thing from the truth. So, you know, dealing with her death at the beginning of the season, her being my best friend, you know, being my rock, um, to suddenly losing her within a month, um, out of nowhere. And, being the rock for my brother, sister, my dad. And you were how old, Matt? 27. Wow. But then, you know, the one blessing that, that, that I say came, well, there's two blessings that came, but one of the first blessings that came from my mom's passing was, I think my dad finally woke up. Oh, that was, that and, was the and that wake was, up call for him. That was the beginning of, so I said, I lost my mom at 27, but I got my dad at 27, you know, and, it, oh, wow. and it's crazy because my dad lived with us. He was there. 
He was always there, you know, but he, yeah, but he just mentally or maybe not knowing how, because, you know, now that we're a little older, we've talked about his past is he didn't have it. He didn't have a dad, you know, he, he had a strained relationship uh, with his mom and ma, his mom kept him from yeah. his dad and all kinds of crazy stuff. So sure. looking back at it as, as an adult, from my standpoint, he was never taught how to be a father and, and, and how to do that situation. So, um, you know, I, I lost her and got him. And mm. to me, it's never too late to be a dad. And since that time, since he apologized and he's opened up as a father, things have been great. With you, you know, and your dad. Me and my dad are great. We talk often. He's actually driving down from the Bay Area tonight to come hang out with uh, my family for the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, so the relationship is amazing. But it, it, you know, too often people don't get a chance to mend that yep. bridge or that second chance. And, and, and thankfully, you know, for all of our sakes, he, he, he was able to do that through the loss of my mom. I really think she had her hands on that, that whole situation. And really it's just like, you know, put it on him. Like it's time mm-hmm. for you to step up. It's time for you to be a father to these kids, even though we were all grown and we were 27, 25 and 23. Um, we were technically adults, but you know, it's, yeah, it's still always good to have a, a so parent. I, I, you know, just, as an outsider looking in and, you know, knowing somewhat of the, uh, <clears throat> the professional uh, sports world, I think the people that have longevity uh, have grit. You have to overcome a lot. And, and I think just the, the passing of your mom, I think you took that sort of stumbling block and you made it into a stepping stone. And, and if I understand the chronology correctly, in 2008, launch ethics versus cancer, yeah. which is obviously a, a, a tremendous legacy for, for your mom and her honor. Can you just give us a sense of what that's about? And it's clearly very much part of your heart and soul. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's something that drives me. Uh, you know, my mom was a teacher and, and loved kids and always wanted to give back. So I think that's really where I got my rough physical yeah. outdoor um, mentality from my dad. I got my loving, caring um, awareness from my mom and in her passing, I started a, a cancer foundation thinking yeah. that I just, it was a world when I went from having a mom and 26 days later out of the blue, I didn't have a mom. So it was, you know, it was something to try to swallow, but like you said, try to make it, you know, a, a springboard for something yep. positive. So I started athletes first cancer and, um, it was first, um, you know, getting information out to people and I would do like health, health fairs, health clinics where I would, you know, Yep. rent mammo vans for screenings and yep. dentists and, and eye doctors and just take them to the inner city under underprivileged people. Um, and like I said, almost, you know, the old additive knowledge is power. So get your body checked out, understand your bodies, understand what, sure. what certain signs are and just, you know, stay on top of your health. And yeah. then, um, after that, we kind of transitioned to, just paying for anything cancer related. We'd get letters sent to the foundations, emails, um, mm-hmm. via social media, people would contact me and tell me their story and we would check the stories out. So I was paying for anything from funerals to hospice, to That's medication, cool. to surgery, to backed up bills, to just anything that, um, and these are all people that made overtures through the foundation. Yeah. There was people that just reached out through the foundation. Like I said, some Amazing. people just reached out, you know, via social media and, you know, obviously we, we, we did our checks and, and, and made sure everything was legitimate and we did, we just wanted to help. So yeah. I'm in the process now of, um, starting the, the, the final branch or, you know, the most proudest part of the, what I'm most proud of, um, through the foundation, which is starting a scholarship for kids who've beat cancer that want to go to college. Oh, um, it's unbelievable. 
I just think, you know, I was fortunate enough and, you know, my mom had some sort of insurance to be able to pay and then be able to handle any cost that came with, you know, everything that happened in the funeral and everything. But, you know, not a lot of families are that lucky. Um, And, you know, knowing that she loved kids, you know, how do you tell a child that you're in the battle of your life and, and you beat it? You know, and now you're a teenager and your family's broken. Okay, so I just, you know, won the biggest challenge of my life. And what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? So I really wanted to kind of be that light at the end of the tunnel uh, for kids and and families because uh, people don't realize, I mean, obviously the person who is affected by cancer is affected, but that circle, the the circle is is devastated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like I said, I mean, there's nothing more than I'm sure that a parent would want is if they had to see their baby go through that is, okay, you beat cancer. I want you to succeed. I want you to be president. I want you to, you know, a doctor, take on the world. And, but we don't have the means to help you do that. So that's where I kind of feel like my foundation can come in and, and play a role. Yeah, to me, that's incredible. That's why it's very, very difficult for me to see you as the so-called bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I just think that, you, that there's so much altruistic, so, right. much, so many positive things. And well, I mean, I, I touched on the fact that yeah, I think you and I might have a few things in common. One was, you know, a tremendous relationship with our mothers. The other, as you know, a few years ago, I started an entity called Last um, Life After Sports Transition. And one of the things in, in starting that entity and, I, and the research that I did is there is tremendous amount of athletes that when the curtain comes down, the muscles atrophy, the, the depression kicks in and their life's over. For, for me, I look at Matt Barnes and, and there's genuine, sincere excitement in the journey, the next chapter post NBA. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you've in a lot of exciting, diversified, uh, ventures, you know, our, our, our company happens to work, uh, in the cannabis space a lot. I think you, I, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm biased, but I think you probably are the most outspoken, uh, former professional athlete dispelling the erroneous myths about cannabis. And can you share with us a little bit about, um, you know, why, why that space, uh, and what in a perfect world you would like to do to use your platform and your profile to, uh, educate the public and, uh, to have a success in that space. Uh, I just think, like you said, there's just such a, an outdated notion on what cannabis is as a whole. Yep. And, um, cannabis was something that throughout my career, uh, helped me. You know, it it really just helped me in in so many different ways from being able to sleep, uh, taking pain away. Amazing. Um, You know, it just allowed me to focus. It allowed me to do so many different things throughout my career. But it was always I was always those things were helping me in my life. But I was taking a chance by breaking the NBA drug policy uh, rules, which is unfortunate. So I've had friends that in the NFL that have lost their careers for, for smoking weed and guys that have like myself have been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for, uh, you know, smoking. So it was just something that was crazy to me because, you know, obviously we've been in an opioid crisis, you know, this is nothing new. We've, we've we've been in this, this locked in space for a long time. And yet that's the same stuff that, our doctors are prescribing for us, yep. you know, instead of really stepping back and doing some research, like, man, is this, is this plant something that can help? You know, you want to yep. preserve your athletes, you, you know, you, sure. you're paying us all the money. You want to help us in any possible way you can. 
is this something that can help us? And, uh, you know, slowly but surely it's the time has come where, you know, the legalization is in 38, 38 states, 40 states across, and, across and the country. Quickly. And it's continuing to grow and people are, are finally starting to do their, or some people. I don't yeah. want to give all the people credit because there's still some people that are very against it, but sure. are starting to just re- do, do some research and see what it's about and, and realize that THC and, and the difference between THC and CBD yeah. and, and the benefits um, that are not only helping adults, but the CBD is, is saving children. You okay. know, it's helping in cancer. It's doing so many different things, but yet so many people are still against it because... Why do you think there's such a tremendous stigma attached, which is difficult to dispel? To me, it's always been a... First, it was a gateway drug. And then, you know, unfortunately, I kind of think it was a racial thing. They saw black people always smoking weed. Mm -hmm. And then these black people are out here committing crimes and they think weed was the reason, you know. So there was a lot of different myths from it. But I think overall in the message that we try to send um, when we're coming from my side is we want to remove the word high from it. I think people are afraid of the word high. Yeah, good point. And we want to educate people and give them the benefits. Like this is why... I, w- I smoke. This yep. is the reason why, and this is what it does to me. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to um, help on a piece with Bleacher Report. I executive produced a piece, a piece called BR420. Yep. And it was the first time ever retired NFL and NBA players were on television smoking weed, explaining to the world why we smoke it. And you know, were they differentiating between uh, THC and, and CBD? This was just THC at the oh, time, THC. but okay. not, you know, understanding that obviously CBD played a part in it. Sure. Um, but everyone just giving their stories, you know, and I think that they're, like I said, the notion is you smoke weed and you're going to be a nobody and it's going to get you, it's going to start you on other stuff. And yeah. there's so many different notions and, and everybody is different and, and cannabis is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think, I definitely think the more you learn about the plant, there's a piece in that plant for everybody. But sure. like I said, I think what scares most people away is the high, you yeah. know, like, I don't want to be high. You shouldn't be high. This is control. That. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, like I said, you educate yourself and you continue to learn how beneficial it is and, and listen to the reasons why people smoke. And, you know, people are out here, you know, I say professional athletes, everyone probably has some sort of vice. And when I say vice, not bad, you know, some yeah, of it could yeah. be bad, but I would say, uh, you know, you're either going to have a glass of wine at the end of the night. You're going to have a cocktail at the end of the night. You're going to take a sleeping pill at the end of the night. Some uh, people, some guys smoke cigarettes, yeah. you know, some guys smoke, everyone has something, you know, and, and, and I mean, especially in the level of stress and strength uh, of professional athletes, I don't people think people understand, understand you know, you're living in a fishbowl, traveling you, you, and, and families and you're taking brutal. care of the, it seems like the world, uh, you know what I mean? And it just for just a day-to-day playing, you know, yep. the, the rigors of our body and understand that we could play, we could play three games and four nights, you know, four games and six nights and, you know, play tonight in LA and go to overtime and then have to fly to Portland tonight, get to Portland at two or 3 AM. And then we're on TNT tomorrow night against Portland with how much sleep, you know what I mean? Whenever you the fly possible at the level. highest level, uh, you know what I mean? So you get, you know, you, you land at two or three in the morning, you never go right to sleep. So yeah. then you're falling asleep at five or six in the morning. Then you got to get up for a meeting or practice. And then you got to try to find some rest before you play again at seven o'clock. And it's just like, man, like you need yeah. and the, the normal human body by itself can't handle a schedule like that, you know? So you're going to have something. So to me, you know, something that is, is not as harmless or excuse me, harmful as yeah. all the other stuff that they're willing to just give Absolutely. us. 
you know, I th- definitely think it should be something that should be an option of do you, treatment. Do you think, Matt, that, that the, the stigma will start to be dispelled in the NBA and NFL and that in the, the you know, in, in the foreseeable future, uh, you know, there'll be more of, of embracing at least of CBD? I think so. I, I think CBD is, is on its way in. You know, I think the the, the Olympic Committee had passed it. I yep. think Ice Cube's big three yep. is the first league to accept it. So I think CBD is on its way in. Um but I, what I like is these leagues are, are looking into the, the, the cannabis overall as, yep. as a plan, understanding, like I said, you want the best, the best part, you want to offer the best you can for your athletes. For sure. And like I said, this is, should be a form of medication. Um, but I'm also, that, that, that kind of pivots me to another project I'm working on as I'm sure. working on the, um, the UCLA cannabis research program. Yeah. T- yeah please tell the listeners about that. I think so that's a, a program that I was approached, uh, by Dr. Jeff Chen, who's a medical student or excuse me, uh, was a medical student, student at UCLA. And, and just, just for our listeners sake, you are UCLA, you're an alum. I'm an alumni. Yeah. Okay. I went to UCLA. Um, so he's just an out of the box young doctor that really believes in the plant. You know what I mean? And, and it has, you know, pretty much put everything on the line to represent this planet and find more research. Because like I said, at an institute like UCLA, like that, that's, that's unheard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I really take my hat off to him and what he's trying to build here. It was an honor to jump on board. But basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to continue to study. There's not funding for the po- uh, the positive uh, effects of cancer, excuse, oh, of, of cannabis. cannabis. Sure. You know what I mean? All this, all the money that are given to people to study for the negative, you know, this is yeah, the bad stuff for, yeah. you know what I mean? So to finally be able to start something where we're learning the positive outcomes and, and educate, I think the most important part, if I can I stress anything education. about cannabis is education. You have to understand, you have to learn it. You have to really educate yourself on it. But you know, while we're educating ourselves, we're, you know, our goals are to continue to find these studies and take them to the NBA and the NFL and hopefully down the line, we'll be able to, um, you know, do do uh, treatments for sure. opioid dependent patients and substituting CBD, uh, the CBD alternative into their life and see if that can change. Because, like I said, there's so many yeah. testimonies and stories out there. Dave, if you look, like I said, kids that have epilepsy, that have seizures, that people fighting cancer, people that have just all kinds of different uh, problems. CBD is helping that. Tremendous. CBD is changing people's yeah. lives. And, and at the same time, people, you know, will, will still down talk it because the simple fact is they're not educated by it. And on that point, uh, Matt, because you outspoken, you have a profile and you've developed a persona as someone who knows what's going on in the fastest growing industry in America today, that, that being the cannabis industry. I would imagine, as you alluded to, current players in the NBA, you know, on the QT uh, reach out and say, Hey Matt, you know, I got to somehow just crank down the stress. <laughs> what would in lieu of, uh, TAC or CBD, wh- what are these guys doing to be able to maintain an insanely rigorous, uh, lifestyle and, and the body gets hammered. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's about maintenance. It's about taking care of yourself. Uh, you know, some guys are very in tune with that. I think obviously you get more in tune as the older you get, Yeah, but everyone has a different way of, of dealing with, it. you know, everyone has different stresses and, and, and different problems and, sure. and, and, and they manage it differently. Um, you know, my whole thing with, with cannabis is, um, you know, allow it, that to be an alternative, yep. you know, and, and like I said earlier, it, it may not be for everyone, but if you continue to study and understand that there's, I, I think a, a piece of that plant for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think well stated. So 
a number of the other initiatives that I know that you're involved in in this next chapter of your life includes using your platform and, and your relationships and obviously your 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 insights into uh, TV production. Do you, do you want to just share some thoughts on um, you know what's important in that genre, in that in in that area, and what you would like to achieve? Uh, I just think it's uh, you know unfortunately I was introduced to television on the reality TV side. Yeah. Uh, my ex wife was involved on a a reality TV show, so I you know I got to see and, and it opened my eyes to television as a whole at that point. But it wasn't mm -hmm. what they were doing was not nothing I wanted to be a part of or, or duplicate. But it sure. just gave me a chance to realize like there's today's world is people are chasing lies and, 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 and fake rainbows, every, every, yeah, fake rainbows yeah. And, and leprechauns and gold. And yep. I just really wanted to try to be over here, come out here and entertain people, but tell true stories about it. You know, give, there's really a lot of cool stuff going on and it's not as pretty as you think it is. Like yep. it may end up looking nice, but let me tell the story about how it started and what the grind was and, and how many times it could have or should have not happened. And, and you made it happen. Like I just really wanted to give, you know, more bios and, and true yep. stories and feel good stories about people who've come from nothing and, and have been able to, you know, captivate people's minds and, and, and do positive things from that. It's incredible because what you're saying, Matt, really dovetails with the thesis of this whole show. And that is, um, there not too many people out there really sharing the harsh realities of life. And, uh, you know, one of the notions we spoke about in one of the early shows is, is that somehow there's this erroneous notion that a happy life means a pain-free life. No. I mean, I, how, no. how many guys do you know that are no. successful that haven't? Come on, man. You To, to be <laughs> successful, you have to fail. Yep. You know, and, and success wouldn't taste so good if it wasn't for the failure. Um, I wouldn't change. You know, what would you change? What would you do? Like, you don't. And you don't want to change the potholes you hit and the mistakes you made because hopefully you're being able to learn from that and, and, and gather and take what you need from it and, and leave it behind you. But, yeah. you know, like you said, there's not a, a successful or a happy person that hasn't been through some sort of, uh, you know, pit stops or walls that should have stopped them and they jumped over situations. So it's always, um, you know, continue to believe in yourself when it comes from that and just understand, man, that, that you know, it, it always rains the hardest before the sun comes out. Yep. You know, so if you're thinking about giving up and maybe this isn't for you, I mean, if it's something you believe in and something you're passionate about, you have to dedicate the uh, the right amount of time, energy and thought process to make sure. that become uh, true. And I, I, I want to obviously be uh, respectful of, of your time, Matt, as we've got a few minutes left. This, I guess two points I think that would uh, our listeners would would probably want to ask you if they were here. And that is your kids. How uh, do you have a bias to wanting them to potentially pursue a profession, professional sports career or, uh, you know, what, what, what's the sort of the, your, the way you fathering your children to give the, empower them and give them the tools for, to have, you know, success and have wisdom to know that it's not, uh, it's not, you know, a fairy tale out there. Uh, all I want my kids to do is be happy. Yep. Um, whether that's sports, whether that's entertainment, whether that's a doctor, whether that's a teacher, whatever it may be, I want them to follow what they're passionate about. Sure. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to play um, a successful professional career and they caught the end of that. So naturally they've gravitated towards sports, which, you know, I love, I coach them doing it. Yep. But I think it's, to me, it's about being happy. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a dad that, you know, when we lose, I'll go out and take them out and, 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 and buy them something or take them to lunch and show them like, you know, it's not, 
it's just the game. Yeah. You know, never, I never really liked, I, I've never been a parent that wanted to vicariously live through my kids or because I didn't do something, my kids had to do it sure. type situation. So I just want my kids to continue to better themselves, learn from my mistakes because I've made plenty of mistakes they can see, but yeah. I understand that, you know, life is an uphill journey and you want to continue to push forward and you want to do what makes you happy. Um, you know, being in the situation I've been blessed in is my kids won't grow up how I grew up. I'm on food stamps, sharing rooms, moving around, drugs, yeah. abuse. Like they won't see that, none of that. And I, I, like I said, all that, I wouldn't change none of that because all that shaped me to the man yeah, I want to be. So I still want to, yeah, I still want to be able to try to teach my kids hard knocks and learn life lessons, um, living behind gates. Yeah. And that's yeah. difficult sometimes because, you know, I think sometimes my boys think that everyone is supposed to live like this, or this is how life is. And it, it, it's far from it. I worked very hard for them to have that kind of life. So, yeah. you know, my ex-wife and I really are, 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 you know, tough on humbling them. And, and, and she mm -hmm. takes them back to where she was from. I take them back to where I was from and showing them that, you know, you wow, have several pair of shoes, but some kids don't have any, you yeah, know? Absolutely. So we're really big on donating, um, clothes, toys, stuff they don't, you know, stuff they don't need no more yeah. to really just understand to give back. And, and which, what I love now is, you know, they're young, but they've taken to it. You know, they'll say like, you know, daddy, these shoes don't fit me no more. We need to go donate them. You know what I mean? And That's for, amazing. you know, a nine or 10 year old to say that it really lets me know that, you know, I'm showing them some sort of principle and, 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 you know, the willingness to give back and understanding yeah. and just being really aware of their surroundings and aware of life. Sure. I, I think probably the best way to wrap, wrap our conversation in, in a ribbon, Matt, is, you know, people uh, look at a person like yourself, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a public figure. Um, and I, I have no doubt people cut, come up to you from time to time and say, you know, Matt, how do I break into professional sport? How do I, but I think with, with the blessing comes a responsibility and the responsibility of you are a tiny percentage of guys <laughs> that play ball yeah. that land up spending a decade and a half winning a championship. So I, I think a, a, a nice way for us to come full circle is just to share with our, our listeners, if you don't mind, Matt, um, you know, what your sense is the responsibilities of, of, of giving back, what, what's the next chapter for Matt Barnes um, and, and really the, uh, the message that you would like to impart and frankly, the legacy you would like to leave in the, in the years and decades ahead. Man, to be a good person and give back. And I think that you don't have to be someone that played, you know, as long as I played in professional sports to do either one of those, yeah. um, you know, to choose, to choose to be happy instead of being sad. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we give people too much power. We let others dictate our happiness sometimes and, 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 our, and our sad times sometimes, you know what I mean? Where when sure. you have to find that within yourself, you know, that's a lot of power to give to somebody like you're, a, I'm allowing another human being to control me. Yeah. You know, you know, essentially. So, you know, just to continue to believe in yourself, man, to, to, to help others, to be kind to others. Um, you know, I'm just having kids. My, my heart is, is with kids, you know, so I have, yeah, I, a, I have AU programs in my hometown of Sacramento, where I came from, where I'm, you know, trying to help get these kids to college. Yeah. Um, I coach my kids out here and help our AU program out here. Um, you know, I'm always trying to find new ways to, um, you know, in Sacramento, I'm working with the mayor and the police chief and um, <clears throat> gang leaders to, you know, cease the violence out there, start building, putting money back in, uh, you know, these under under underfunded communities and to hopefully try to stop the violence, you know, give people another, yeah. give people hope, you know, uh, 
like you said, in the grand scheme of things, we have, you know, such a small time here and, and such yeah. a small effect on the grand scheme yeah, of things. Uh, but while you're here, just just try to be a good person, man. Try to smile. Try to, you know, That's try good. to help people. I'll, I'll end with a question that I asked myself, Matt, and, and uh, it, it keeps me up sometimes at night and, and uh, it's quite a heavy, a heavy thought. I, I think sometimes to myself, um, you know, my mom, may her may she, uh, memory be blessed, looking down and thinking, would she be proud of what I've done with my life? Right. What, what, what do you think your mom's mom yeah. looking I, down? And I thinking? asked that all, you know, it was just her birthday just the other day. So oh, I made yeah. a little post and I always say, I hope I make you proud. And, and I know I am, you know what I mean? She's, she's watching down and she's seen that she was with me hand in hand for 27 years, seeing all the stuff I persevered through and, and was able to still become successful, not only in, in, in my professional career, but in life. But you know, just the knocks I've taken, you yeah. know, the unsuccessful, there's so many, the, all the unsuccessful things that have happened. Um, but then being able to see all the positive things that have come from it. Um, sure. So I think she's happy with the way I've handled myself, you know, not always, not always perfect, but real, you know what Absolutely. I mean? It's not with me. You'll never get a, a gray area or anything sugarcoated. You know, uh, when I make a mistake, I make a mistake, but I will own up to that and I will try to better myself. And I, and one thing that people don't do is I will apologize. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you're not, everyone's not going to be right all the time. You know, I'm going to show love, you know what I mean? Today in this, this day and age, especially with young kids, it's, it's not, cool, quote unquote, to be inspirational or help others or give others encouragement. Everyone feels like they're in a competition. Like yep. I said early on, man, the only person you should be in competition with is yourself, you know, continue to improve, be the best you, you can be. So, um, yes. you know, to answer your question, I definitely think, you know, at times she's covering her face, shaking her head, saying Matthew, but uh, <laughs> most of the time she's smiling. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this to the listeners uh, as we as we wrap this up. I, I, I've, uh, I've had the uh, the privilege of having had enough sort of quality conversations with you, Matt. You know, you haven't had an easy life. Um, there's been many vicissitudes and bumps in the road. And for our, our listeners, I think you are a case in point that at the end of the day, if there's a binary sort of uh, reaction, you can either be bitter. Or better, I don't better. pick up a a a, a, oh. a tiny bit of bitterness. I don't pick up a, any sense of could have, would have, should have, and it's a tremendous life lesson to our our, our listeners that, um, you know, it, it's no one gets handed uh, the. Uh, the gold medal and life, life is tough, but, uh, you know, it's not about, uh, waiting for the, uh, uh, the storm to subside. It's about dancing in the rain. No, absolutely. And enjoy it. I mean, I think sometimes when people look at me, other people, other celebrities, successful people, you think we have our lives together and we don't trust me. Our life is a mess just like yours. You know what I mean? So never be uh, discouraged by that. You know, continue to push forward, continue to believe in yourself and just know like, you know, everybody's path is different, you know? enjoy your path you know be at peace with your path but you know make your path special because you're only here for a short time beautiful ladies and gentlemen matt bonds matt thank you for all your time and thank you for being real uh, thank you for having me